Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In this edition of In the Lab, Justin and Matt react to a boring and terrible All-Star game. The hosts discuss if the NBA should abandon the All-Star game or should they make drastic changes to attract new viewers. We also break down Russell Westbrook making its way to the LA Clippers. And the hosts also discuss their three teams to watch for the second half of the NBA season. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're a proud member of Underdog Podcast. And now enjoy the latest edition of In the Lab. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am your co-host, Matt Thomas, joined as always by my partner in the show, the maestro here, the man holding it down behind the scenes, always on the grind, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Can't complain. Preparing for another winter storm. How about yourself, man? Yeah, we keep getting mixed reports here. Like I, <laughs> someone told me earlier this week, hey, it's going to be warm this week, and then um we got an alert that we might have 40 plus mile an hour winds <laughs> starting oh, tomorrow oh, you know man. how new mexico gets with these spring winds yeah so not looking forward to that i bet <laughs> but, i don't miss those <laughs> but things are good can't complain we've had a lot that has gone on both with the show and in the nba so lots to dive into tonight really excited about that we're going to talk about the all-star game which happened just this last weekend we're going to talk about mr russell westbrook and his um potentially final destination for this season um and then we're going to talk about three teams that we want you guys to keep track of that we think are going to be some of the most interesting team to teams to watch in the second half of the season before we dive into our main topics i just want to give a shout out to everyone that's been watching the extra videos that we've been putting on youtube really appreciate that it has been a record month for us in terms of views subscribers all that stuff which is really encouraging for us to see. Glad to see you guys enjoying that content, and we appreciate your support as always. Uh, you can always reach out to the show, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Any guest ideas, if you're dying to hear us interview someone, things along those lines, mailbag questions, all that good stuff. We always appreciate you guys and your interactions with us. As we go through our topics tonight, we are going to be mentioning odds. We are getting those odds from bovadasportsbook.com, just so you guys know, helps us frame these conversations and what the experts in Vegas are thinking, and they usually have a good idea of what's going on in the league, so it helps yeah. out a lot to keep an eye on those. But before we get into odds and standings and stuff that's more pertinent to the actual competitive regular season. Justin, I want to recap the All-Star game, which happened this past weekend. And before we get into the All-Star game specifically, um, Justin, you watched this a little bit more in real time than I did. So just wanted to get your thoughts initially on All-Star Friday, the celebrity game, Saturday night, as well as we'll talk about the All-Star game after we talk about those. So let's talk about Friday and Saturday first. What were your thoughts on those nights? 
Um, Friday, it's more just a fun night. You have the celebrity game and then you have the rising stars. And I think Friday pretty much mimics what happened on Sunday in terms of the guys not really playing that hard. Saturday's kind of thriller of an ending, though, right? That's that true. Celebrity game. <laughs> that's like true. All time ending. Yeah, with the Miz, but he and he didn't get up in time. But that could have that would have been the crown. I'm kind of glad he missed that because we would never hear the end overtime. Of it. No. Yeah, we would have never heard the end of that if he hit that shot. But you know, it was cool. A lot of honestly, I think the celebrities were kind of the stars of the weekend. They they turned out. It seemed to be a big event for celebs being out there. But in terms of kind of the NBA luminaries, I think it was pretty disappointing through the entire weekend till Sunday. I mean, you were you know chatting offline about a lot of the stars not really getting there till way later. And Saturday's the you know the big time main event. And just seeing Matt McClung win and kind of all the players around, you know, courtside, I didn't see LeBron. I didn't see Durant. I didn't see Steph Curry, Kenny, your main usual substance, Luca. Like it was pretty disappointing just to see such a great performance, but yeah, like your big stars, not there at least supporting them. So, you know, I think overall the night Saturday night was cool. I don't like the, um skills challenge i believe that's what it's called i I think it's just too convoluted too long the three-point contest was cool damian lillard was awesome he said himself that if he wasn't gonna win it this year he was done and he he got the job done so spectacular performance probably my favorite event of the night to be honest kind of i think outshining matt mcclung even though he was spectacular and i feel bad he only won a hundred thousand dollars that's another issue We'll, we'll talk about that later but um yeah i would say friday saturday can't complain too much matt mcclung saved the slam dunk contest full disclosure i was watching wwe as well so i was watching wwe ufc and all-star saturday night all at the same time so overall i'll call it a pretty good lead-in into sunday and then it kind of went downhill from there yeah it's interesting you know everyone uses this terminology every year about the slam dunk contest specifically like if someone has a good like zach levine saved the slam dunk contest like several years ago when he came up on the scene when he was still a timberwolf at that time and this year mac mcclung gets signed by the sixers like the week of (laughs) gets into that contest lights it up props to him i mean it it was incredible to watch and props to those other dunkers too i i know it wasn't fantastic, I, w- I wouldn't say, but there was impressive athleticism. There were there were moments there, but is I mean, why do we always have this terminology that like every year it's it's either like saved or not saved? Uh, that's a good question. I think because a good contest, a good dunk contest, is kind of like a unicorn. It kind of comes out every once in a while, and usually. For fans out there, usually it's used to seeing just a horrendous competition. It's not even average. It's usually either good or it's really, really bad. So I think that's where you see it. It's just, I think last year, I, I don't remember what happened last year, to be fairly honest with you. And I think 2020, I still don't fairly remember that either. So I think it's one of those things and until you have something super memorable, if we get something consistent, I think you'll see that going away. But if we're going to have these just inconsistent years of the dunk contest, I think you'll see the narrative of this. Oh yeah. 
you know, this guy saved it or, you know, we should get rid of the dunk contest. It's always doom and gloom or just a sigh of relief. I don't think it's like pure enjoyment. Yeah. And by the way, uh, check out our interview that just dropped today, probably two days ago, by the time you hear this recording with Jordan Kilganon, he had some fantastic suggestions for how to fix the dunk contest, things like that. Justin did a great job on that interview and we appreciate Jordan coming on the show. Uh, so definitely relevant with what we're talking about right now. Yeah. It feels to me like if we always have to term it as like it's saved or not saved, I mean, clearly the dunk contest is just on life support every year. And I, <laughs> I just don't know until the stars care about it or want to participate again. I just don't know that there's a solution to it. And I think that transitions us nicely. I agree with a lot of your takes about the skills challenge. It's always just kind of confusing and kind of watch it and think just, huh, okay. Like, like it's there. It's not, like you said, it's a little convoluted, but you watch it, then it's over and okay, that happened. Um, And then I think you're right on the money with the three point contest. Seems like everybody agrees. That's, always solid even no matter who's in it i don't know if it's just the relatability just that everyone really understands it and it's been going strong for such a long time but that does always seem to be at least the most consistently great event and then yes wild swings with the dunk contest props to mac mcclung don't want to take anything away from him uh he was great along with at least um kj you know from my rockets had a couple flashes but a couple mistakes too uh, and then um, uh, I can't remember uh, the other competitor who was in second place, but maybe that speaks to the, uh, the dunk contest itself. Um, so moving into Sunday, and I want to pull this up real quick. <laughs> we have Team LeBron's coach, Mike Malone, interviewed after the game. He's talking about how it's hard to watch. And he says that this is the worst basketball game ever played the 2023 All-Star Game, which happened on Sunday. Today is Tuesday at the time of this recording. Justin, just want to get your thoughts. How how do you feel about this? Was this the worst game of basketball ever played? Do you sympathize with what Mike Malone's saying here, or do you think it's he's oversimplifying this? No, I, I am sympathetic to and empathetic to his sentiments. I mean, look, this... I think this is the issue in all of sports in terms of having some kind of all-star game, right? And I think the problem I have, we talked about this off air, is the players in the NBA, in the NBA trying to cater towards their needs. And that is with the Elon ending, that is with the charities. And I think something's has to give in terms of the players giving back to this game. I think the league itself should focus on making the game shorter, making the all-star draft shorter. I think just the draft was way too long. That was just a fiasco. I mean, you had the all-star draft. You had two national anthems. You had Post Malone. You had all these interviews and, and like, where's the game? So, like, already we're off to a terrible start, and the game hasn't even started yet. And then the first quarter, guys are just not playing any defense. And a couple of points by our guests. One – we, that we're, you're going to hear in the next coming couple of weeks here. This is uh, Drew Hill who covers the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think he's right on the money where a lot of these guys care about the 
audience on social media. They're obsessed with social media. And the NBA has catered their brand towards social media. And the negative of that is that you have a lot of players who don't necessarily live in the real world in terms of actual criticism. And I think that's just the main problem with this game and the dunk contest itself. Guys don't want to get embarrassed. So we had CP DeFanchise on. Most recently, you hear that interview coming up in the next few weeks. And I, he said this, and I disagree with them. He said it was a treat to see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go against each other. I mean, that was a half-hearted effort by you know, really Brown. Against. No. Yeah. He, I mean, come on. And he and <clears throat> you had Tatum celebrating. And then, he, and then CP said also, he was like, well, I give you know Brown props for saying guys weren't trying. He wasn't trying either on defense. Like, where were you? Like, I didn't see him just playing hard 40 minutes up and down the court. Like, the highlights, I saw plenty of guys blowing past him. So, to me, I think in terms of fixing this game, make it shorter, <clears throat> give guys a minutes restriction, and make sure everybody's worked in the rotation. That way, guys are not going to get hurt. It's one of those things where you played your 20 minutes, and if it's one thing if you're Giannis and you're hurt, you don't have to play your full 20 minutes. We have a 20 minutes max. You play two halves. You up the money in terms of which team wins, so the charities don't get robbed in terms of the donations to them. I think that's a way of fixing it. Other than that, I think it's really on the players. Like, oh yeah, I, oh, I, I hate to say this, but I kind of agree. I, I mean, to me, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I have a lot of problems with the older generation, just in general with our society. But in sports, I kind of agree with them. Like, I just think with in, in the back in the NBA specifically, I think they're pretty soft. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like it's one. Right. I, I hate to say that. I hate it. I don't like admitting that they're right. I really don't because I, I vehemently disagree with them on a plenty of other subjects. But in terms of this game, where you're making millions of dollars. And you're playing every night and part of basketball is, you know, getting crossed up or getting dunked on that happens. And I think you mentioned Stephen A's point and we talked about this and I agree with him. These guys are playing competitive basketball. That, does, that doesn't really mean anything in the off season. They play in the Drew League. They play in Pro-Ams. We see videos on Twitter. Of these guys just playing in a gym randomly against guys that want to make a name off of them. Like these guys are not just, I'm sure they're not just bowing down to, James Harden or LeBron or whoever playing against them. And these they're playing way harder than this all-star game, which should be a celebration. And I just think it's a, it's, it's a disservice to, like you said, Matt, the audience that picked that they were lucky to get tickets and us watching at home. Like it's a waste of two hours other than, you know, listening to inside the NBA, just crack jokes. Like that's pretty much the highlight. So sorry for that long rant, but no, no, no. I, I just think the league itself has I think one more step to cater to the players. And then I think from there, I think it's fairly to say to blame a hundred percent the players on this in terms of their effort. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, the level of effort, like you said, in the off season, we see these guys working in the off season. Hell, we see Ben Simmons hitting three pointers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So to see when, the fans that do go are shelling out so much money as we discussed with Eric Walden a couple of weeks ago on the show before yeah. the all-star game to see the expectation that the fans watch and think this is amazing and, and like, Oh, we can't 
criticize ratings, we can't say, see, this is why people care less about the regular season is ridiculous when you see the level of effort that's that's played in the game. If you're watching on video and you look at the picture here, I mean, this is the picture of the entire game. Wide yeah. open lane, one player in the lane, Donovan Mitchell up by the free throw line, and LeBron is just coasting by him. No teammates around him, but didn't matter because he could just dribble right through. I believe this is a picture of when LeBron threw that alley-oop to himself uh, on a fast break right around Donovan Mitchell. Just um, no level of effort. And you know what? Roger Goodell gets a lot of criticism, and I think a lot of it is deserved. Uh, certainly on some issues, the NFL has not been great. But one thing I think he does deserve credit for is calling out the Pro Bowl when that was not going well and looking silly and just saying, we're not going to do this. We're not going to damage the brand if it's looking this silly. And the NFL, as you and I both know, is a game where you do take a lot of hits if you're playing contact football, even if it's exhibition like the Pro Bowl. Yeah, if you make tackles, you're going to take some hits and risk injury. The NBA players have it very good. They're making a lot of money. And they clearly want to keep that going. They don't want to risk injury. I get that. There's there's financial incentives that can't be denied. But plain and simple, if the NBA superstars do not care about, about the All-Star game, then I find it hard to care about it myself. And that's why for this game, I did not watch in person. I caught the highlights later. I was really disappointed to see that. I did watch the full game highlights, but it was uh, – not a fun watch. Then you see what coach Mike Malone says. And honestly, right. I enjoyed that more than any of the highlights from the game. It's troubling to hear like Kevin Durant talk about the suggestions of the all-star draft. And then also complaining about, Hey, I remember when the big stars were in the dunk contest. I'm like, you never done the dunk contest. Like, yeah. Like what do you dude? Like you're a big star. And you have the nerve to say, well, I remember all the big stars are in the dunk contest. What are you? You're one of the top players in the league. You didn't do it in a year. So, yep. I mean, to me, I just think there's some, I think it's, it goes both ways. I think the NBA should up, I think $100,000 for the dunk contest, that's a joke. I mean, yeah. for, for major players in this league, I say if if you're not going to go with Jordan Kilgannon's suggestion, um, and you'll hear what he has to say if you check out that interview that's on our YouTube channel right now. Um, I think you up it to like five million or five to ten million dollars winner take all. Like I think that's a nice bonus. That's a nice incentive. They can afford it. Yep. Make it. Make it. Yeah. Just elevate it, and I think you'll see that change. But until you're going to make it worth the players' while, like a hundred grand for what? <laughs> I don't blame them for not doing it. To be honest, for a hundred thousand dollars with their yeah. contract, like what? Yeah. Like you and saw, John Barrett for the reputation is yeah. uh, much more of a disincentive than a yeah. hundred grand is an incentive. Yeah, John Barrett had a new shoe with uh, with Drew Hill. You heard that interview soon, and I can't. I mean, you can't imagine how much money he made off of that shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's probably gonna be oh, 10, yeah. 10 times worth that. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous to, you know, hey, just do it for like the culture or whatever of the basketball culture. Like, come on. Like, that's ridiculous. So I think there's some give and take for both the players and the league just to improve this weekend. Yeah. And I do think this is a, an issue. I, I don't think the all-star game's going away. Me either. Know, to be to be clear. Um, we we both agree on that. Uh it's just too much of an institution. And also thinking more about it, like getting rid of the all-star voting would be a big deal too. Uh and even 
if you're not playing a game and you have kind of like those all Madden teams that they used to do in sure. the NFL, that's not going to be enough incentive to get people hyped about voting the way they are right now, uh, or at least used to be. <laughs> um, so I, I do think the all-star game <clears throat> stays in place, but I do think it's something where Adam Silver really <laughs> needs to stand up. And honestly, I know we don't like to talk about it, but honestly push back against the players a little bit he on does. Here and give those incentives that you mentioned are a great idea. Uh, in terms of shortening the time, maybe I heard someone mention um, a longer break after the All-Star game to incentivize pushing it, trying hard. I like Something that. has to give on that. Um, and also, I think you need to be very clear with your messaging. You can't have star players, face of the league, potential guys like Luka Doncic saying the best part about All-Star game weekend is going to Mexico the next week. Yeah, That's great that you're taking a vacation. We all love vacations, no doubt. But you can't say that in an interview about the All-Star game. You can't make it a joke like this. Otherwise, I mean, I, I don't care to watch it personally. I mean, I care to cover it because I love this podcast and chatting hoops. But as someone with so many entertainment options, how is that going to be at the top of the list? If It's true. It stays a joke. No, we're in 2023. And... I know a lot of people don't like this comparison, but I think it's true within a lot of <clears throat> heads of entertainment or leagues. They usually say everything's our competition and not just like their rival. And it's true. Like it's one of the things Netflix, like, like you say yourself, it's like, you want to watch this boring all-star game or you want to watch something on Netflix? What's, what's the cool new show on HBO Max, The Last of Us? Like, come on, like a new episode. Like it's one of those things where, the, the competition is a lot stiffer and I like your suggestion of just taking extra time. Like I think it would be cool. Take a, this thing at the top of my head right now, take a week off before the all-star game, have these guys practice for a couple of times, kind of like, you know, team USA, like give them a couple of yeah. practices, some camaraderie, some of some cool events in the community. And then a week after give them a week off something yep. like that. So you're working and then you're dirt refreshed. Yep. And they can just focus on the all-star game. Last point I want to make, and then yeah. I know we got other topics we, we got to cover here. But Correct. I, you and I are both passionate about this. Um, <clears throat> another thing that has to be said here, and I, I've complimented this new generation of players. I think yeah, you and I both, until we're blue in the face, we respect the talent. There's no disrespect intended on that. Yeah. But don't go telling us, don't compare yourself to the golden age of basketball, the 80s and 90s, if you're letting an event like this, the landmark event of the season, slip. The, yeah. This is something that goes against legacies yeah. uh, as well. And that's not to take away from the player's greatness, again, entirely, like the, the talent level is through the roof. But if you're not going to put that talent to use in these situations, and fans, I mean, who wouldn't love to see like, you know, LeBron going face to face with Jason Tatum, trying to prevent him from scoring 55 or whatever it was yeah. that he had for the scoring record. But nobody wants to see. I mean, the the joke that was great that was out there was nobody <laughs> cares about the scoring record because you should be able to score more than right. that playing against <laughs> the defense that was out there. It's true. Just anytime you get the ball, that's yeah. two points minimum. Right. <laughs> um, it's true. So I don't know. That's, that's the last thought I have about this. Um, just the legacy of this game, which has been great. You and I in our lifetimes have seen some great all-star games, even like 2003, Michael Jordan on the wizards, closing out the all-star game, yeah. hitting a shot at the end of regulation. There was 
huge, was incredible. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on All-Star Game before we move on here? Nah, that's it. Also, we'll be here for the next few hours. So <laughs> we should yeah, just we move could, We could continue going on and on, yeah. no doubt. I want to talk about Russell Westbrook real quickly next, who was moved on Monday. Well, he was already moved to the Jazz. He was bought out and then uh, bought out by the Jazz and then signed this Monday by the Los Angeles Clippers. We know that there has been a friendship, a kinship between him and Paul George sounded like Paul George really went to bat for him to get him signed by the Clippers. They were in talks for quite some time. I think just, I would guess figuring out what the fit is going to be on the team, what Russ wants to do, what he doesn't want to do, et cetera, making sure it was going to gel. Ultimately, Russell Westbrook has now been added to your Los Angeles Clippers initial reactions to this, Justin. Eh, shoulder shrug. I mean, at this point, the Clippers right now, if you look at the standings, it's pretty close. I mean, really four through, I would say eight, it is really, really tight. So he could be a difference maker, but at the same time, I I don't know. I think it becoming more of a Russell Westbrook detractor. I don't like the turnovers. I don't like just the bad decision-making. I... I question what kind of value he's going to bring to um, a championship contender. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not liking the move, but you know, he's the MVP candidate. I think he's a, he was a superstar in the league at one point, so he could have some value, but if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm not totally feeling this. But. I'm with you hundred percent. It seems <laughs> like there was a lot of backlash to the criticism for this signing. Like a lot of people initially saying like, Oh, this makes, the Clippers worse. And then a lot of people saying like, Hey, actually I'm going to take the contrarian take and you know, he could be, he could be good here. I don't see it. Uh, we haven't seen this in a long time from Russell Westbrook, where he's been a meaningful contributor outside of the regular season. Perhaps they're just looking to get those extra couple games from trying hard during the regular season and improving their seating. But if he's playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs, I got to say, I really don't like this move for the Clippers. And it's hard for me to imagine he'd be cool with just getting benched for the postseason. I don't think he has that in him. One thing no. just about everyone agrees on is he's a competitor. He comes to play and he plays hard, sometimes too hard. Uh, so I don't like this move. Bovada doesn't like this move either at least in terms of his six man of the year award chances <laughs> he dropped immediately to fourth in the standings at plus 900 another thing that we saw was that the clippers title odds actually were um harmed by um russell westbrook joining the squad i believe it went from uh minus or i'm sorry plus 1100 to plus 1200 so a slight move there but if Vegas is telling me they don't like it, I feel pretty comfortable in accepting that this may be actually subtraction by addition. So yeah. by adding Westbrook to your team, you've actually subtracted from your title chances. And that's about all I have to say on this. Any Anything no. else you want to cover here? No, I co-sign that. Totally agree. <laughs> so moving on. I thought it would be a good point in time in the season, Justin and I both thought, to talk about some interesting teams to look at as we go really into the last third of the season, let's be real. So, Justin, 
I'll throw it to you first. We, the, the homework we gave ourselves here was <laughs> just pick three teams that you think are going to be interesting and let's talk about them. So who's your first team, any order you want to go? I think the Knicks are interesting. I yeah, just it. because we we taught the CP the franchise and you're get plugging that interview, but he has a lot of great insight as to the optimism of this team, the fall of the Brooklyn Nets, the rise of Jalen Brunson, and really with Brunson being, you know, I would say the star of that team, taking the pressure off Julius Randle. And I think, I think, you know, CP was a lot more optimistic about the Nets than I. I think they're going to fall. So I think they, I think they'll jump, they'll leapfrog the Nets, and I think they might, be, you know, I think it's realistic to say they'll be the fifth seed. Wow. And because of that, I think that's room to be fairly optimistic in terms of, you know, winning, you know, a first round matchup. And yeah, you know, the Magic of Madison Square Garden, you can't really discount that. So, you know, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with that team. But the Knicks are always compelling. I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Bulls fan. So just the rivalry with just the, the Knicks, I'm just always excited for. Um, just trying to look here real quickly on the odds here. And really, they're not that respected. They're plus 15,000 on Bovada so for winning the NBA title. So still not that <laughs> much respect there. But, you know, if you want to take a flyer, I, I wouldn't begrudge you. But I mean, that's a team to watch just due to, you know, their winning streak and just, you know, Jalen taking a leadership role and then kind of flying under the radar just through all this kind of trade deadline madness. And Josh Hart, too. They got a really good pickup on that CP set as well. So really, I think they have a lot of momentum. I like that pick because for one thing, I agree with it. For another thing, I didn't pick it. But yeah, <laughs> I think the Knicks are a fascinating team. Um, and there's a lot of long-term implications to see and i don't want to spoil too much more of that that sure. interview yeah which was a great discussion you guys will enjoy but yeah there's a lot of things uh coming down the pipeline with the knicks some big decisions to make sure. uh i'm gonna go to the western conference for my first team here and i'm gonna go light the beam the third place king's gonna give some love to the small market actually i think all of my teams are small market teams here. <laughs> so I think we've kind of heard a lot about the Suns and the Mavericks and a lot of the other, um, you know, big move teams at least. So the Kings are at plus 150 to make the play-in tournament, interestingly enough. So I don't think many people think they will be there in spite of how close the Western Conference is right now, and those odds are on Bovada, by the way. Um, but my question for the Kings is, can they hold off the New Look Suns in that Pacific division? You see them in third right now. They are at 32 and 25. The Suns at 32 and 28. So basically the Kings have just played less games than the Suns. But they've had a bit of a hold on that Pacific division for a good chunk of time now. And it's it's interesting as they come more into the conversation, as people start believing them. I don't think it's there yet. The buzz is there yet for them to get past the first round or past the uh, second round, excuse me. But, you know, they, they do look to be a, a likely home court advantage team, I'll say. And 
still have a good chance given the injuries the Suns have gone through at maintaining hold of that Pacific division. Interestingly enough, if you wanted to bet on Bovada on the Kings to meet the Celtics in the finals, (laughs) you have plus 20,000 as your odds there. So if you are loving the Kings, you know, (laughs) Hey, take a shot. If, uh, If you are really buying into the Kings, right. well, that's my first team. Uh, anything to add? Otherwise you can uh, move on to your next team whenever you're ready. No, they're a fun watch and it's good to see the Kings is getting love. I think previous years, I think they're usually a borderline laughing stock. People make fun of them and it's good just to see them in the mix. I think it's really good for the league too, just to see like the Suns they struggled and now they're a perennial power. You know, we've seen the Pelicans struggle and now they're in the mix and now with the Kings as well and in the Memphis Grizzlies. So I think that that's great for the league for sure. Absolutely. Go ahead. Give us your next team. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go more mainstream. Sorry. And, and that's, <laughs> that's the, the right. Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. Um, all right. That's going to be fun to see. And I think with DeAndre Aiden, I think with Kevin Durant there, with Chris Paul, that's going to be a very interesting mix to see where does he fall with just that new lineup, the new expectations, pretty much it's title or bust with Kevin Durant. So nothing too much to further add there. Just take a look at the odds on Bovada it's really interesting to see, you know, they're second in line to be the favorites at plus 425. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see in terms of if they can live up to those expectations. And if DeAndre Aiden, if they lose, will he be the scapegoat or not? I, I don't know. And I think it's certainly going to be interesting to see if they run into the Pelicans as well. They have a huge rivalry there, lots of bad blood. They have lots of bad blood with a lot of these teams on this list. So, you know, I think they're going to be a compelling watch just as we head into the second half of the season. Yeah, definitely uh, with you there. I I do still find the Phoenix Suns interesting. I think a lot of their narrative is how soon can they get healthy and all get together? Can they? Honestly, the question of can they gel or not, I think is irrelevant i i think these guys are going to click right away if they're all healthy i i don't think they'll have problems i mean kd didn't have any trouble fitting in with the warriors i mean i think there was a lot of media drama but they're really if you looked at what was going on in the court yeah him and draymond yelled at each other sometimes but in terms of basketball fit i mean this guy is the swiss army knife yeah swiss army knife mercenary that you just bring in plug into any offense so with you there i'll go ahead and jump into my next team i'm gonna go to the eastern conference which as we know is very deep you've got a gridlock in the top three there celtics bucks 76ers cavaliers right behind them and I want to go with a team that is struggling to stay afloat. And I do find it interesting to see where they land. They didn't move John Collins this off season. I'm talking of course about the Atlanta Hawks and they are sitting right now at the eight seed on Bovada. They are minus 500 to be a play in tournament team. They are of the teams in the Eastern conference, the most likely team, according to those odds, to be in the play-in tournament. Uh, They are the favorites to be a play-in tournament participant, which I think is interesting. They're over-under 
again on Bovada is minus 125 if you pick the over for 41 and a half games. So basically if you bet for them to win 42 games or more. Uh, and I, I just don't know what to make. This team had so much buzz going into the season and there's, there's been this waiting for a reemergence of the Hawks as a top team in the East. I fell for it last year. I was like, Hey, let's let the good times roll. They got to the Eastern conference two years ago, Eastern conference finals. I thought they were going to just build on that. And then things just kind of got weird. They added DeJounte Murray. He's a huge factor, no doubt, but they have decisions to make with him this off season. They need to move John Collins potentially, or see if that's going to end up flipping around and if he can stay put, but he's been in so many trade rumors. So I think this is a team that yes, likely it seems they're going to be in the play in tournament. Really the only teams I could see them leapfrogging if they had some good success. So the Hawks are at 29 and 30 right now. If the Knicks went cold and if the Nets go really cold, but even then the Nets are 34 and 24, the Knicks are 33 and 27. And again, the Hawks are 29 and 30. doesn't seem like there's much chance of them passing them. The Heat are in seventh at 32 and 27. And I just don't see them having a weak finish to the season. That's not the Heat's MO. So I'm curious to see what the Hawks do and I'm also curious to see how this impacts the star that is Trey Young. Does he kind of go down a level? Is he not considered like a 1A level star? Is he considered like maybe he needs to be the second guy on your title team? Could be. And, you know, Pat Benson, who we had on earlier this season, called it. (laughs) And they were kind of in a decent spot at the time. I mean, it wasn't like they're at the bottom of the conference, but he was straight up saying it's like an implosion. Like, it's over. Like, it's just... And he's correct. I mean, you saw, you know, at the recording of this podcast, Nate McMillan, he's fired. So they have a new coach and Joe Prunty, I believe, how you pronounce his name. So I think you pretty much can see the season when you fire your coach. Yeah. And yeah, Trey um, Young yeah. Seems, seems like Just he won like, that battle. They had that scuffle yeah. <laughs> right around that time we yeah. talked with Pat. That's true. Uh, yeah. Good point. So there's yeah. two for us. You got the Knicks and the Suns. I had the Kings and the Hawks. Go ahead, give us your last most interesting team. <laughs> yeah. Um, honorable mention goes to the Grizzlies, as you'll hear with Drew Hill. Uh, like you said, man, not to spoil it, but as a team that even though they're near the top of the conference, don't get as nearly as much respect, check out for them. But to me, it's the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I think it's when Love what it. is going to happen with Zion? Is he going to be healthy? Is he not? What about Brandon Ingram? What about the overall health of this team? I mean, this team is really talented. I think they got the, the pieces to make a move here, but yet they're battling a lot of injuries. And with Zion, it's just like, and I get it. I understand what Jake Madison said, who he covers the Pelicans, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, Locked On NBA, shout out to him. And I get it. His injuries were fluky at the same time. It's just like something's got to give in terms of this guy's career. Like, you know, we're pretty at this point heading to the prime years and he keeps being injury prone, like that's going to kind of stick with him. So that's going to be a team I'm really eyeing. And if he's healthy, 
How's he going to do in the playoffs? That's really intense situations. We've seen Brandon Ingram deliver in those situations. How is Zion going to match up? How about CJ McCollum? So that's a team I'm really going to be watching out for. Also with um, Jose Alvarado, too, if they match up with the Suns, you know, they got beef. So I'm down for the beef. <laughs> I'm down for playoff beef and bad blood with a lot of these Western Conference teams. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, just looking at the odds here. On Bovada, they will see the Pelicans. I think they're not even, um, yep, they're plus 3,500. So still not getting too much love there. But nevertheless, I think that's a team to really look out for. And whenever there's bad blood between teams, I think that's when you might see an upset just because emotions are running high. You know, guys make mistakes because they're angry. So I think looking at the Pelicans, that's a team to look out for. With the Pelicans, there's always that built-in narrative, too, that Zion is one of these great prospects coming into sure. the league. And that's that's always something you want to keep an eye on that's fun to keep an eye on in the NBA. Like, this is another potential legacy guy if he can keep healthy. You know, I mean, can yeah. can Zion be the next, you know, Charles Barkley or like, like someone like that if he can stay more consistent? You know, it's kind of... Um, insulting at this point to <laughs> compare to Barkley, I realize, uh, but pretty much just because Zion hasn't stayed on the court. I, th I think a lot of the player comparisons are uh, appropriate there when he's able to stay on the court. Um, of course you can't compare to Barkley's rebounding, but in terms of that high field goal per uh, percentage and the way they can explode down the court, things like that. I'm really hoping that Zion can get a good run here. I know we all are as, as just overall NBA fans. Um, great pick with the Pelicans. I, I thought seriously about picking them too. I'm going to go with a little bit more of a favorite team compared to the first two that I went with here. And I want to move back to the Eastern conference and I want to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. My question with them can they move into the top three in a very loaded East? I want to see. I want to know. Is this core going to stick around? And how does, we didn't mention this, but how does Kevin Love being bought out and moved to the Miami Heat? Good point. That's an yeah. interesting move. How does yeah. that affect them? I mean, I think great get for the Heat if he can be healthy. Uh, yeah. He can certainly help that three-point shooting uh, along with um, – other things like rebounding. Um, but can the Cavaliers move into that top three seed? If they think that, why did they get rid of Kevin Love other than just being nice and wanting to give him some more playing time <laughs> potentially in Miami? I, I don't get it. If you want to compete, why would you get rid of a piece like that who has experience, who won the finals for the Cavaliers on that LeBron squad back in 2016? So the Cavaliers on the point of that whether they can get the three seed or not bovada has them minus 200 if you bet the over on the 3.5 seed so basically if you bet for them to be the three seed you're getting minus 200 odds there and i honestly believe just with the 76ers look i have to give them credit doc has been better than in seasons past they've been a little bit more stable but I just don't have, and this could be my Houston Rockets bias, I just don't have <laughs> a whole lot of faith in Harden. 
I don't have a whole lot of faith in that 76ers team. I love me some Joel Embiid, don't get me wrong. But I do think there's potential that the Cavs could pass the 76ers when it's all said and done. And from there, you know, you're matched up. You have pretty solid matchups potentially with either the Nets, the Knicks, depending on how that shakes out, the Heat, which would be a little more scary, or the Hawks, if the Hawks can jump up and meet them there. So I'm liking those matchups for the first round for the Cavaliers. Um, You know, gets a little bit scarier if they're in like a 4-5 matchup against the Heat, if the Heat move up. So what are the Cavs going to do? I want to see. It's been a great story with Mitchell and him being revitalized and also just making that team go from a team with young potential to a team now with title aspirations, honestly, contender aspirations at least. Yeah. So those are our in- interesting teams. Any other thoughts here, Justin? Uh, no, just um, excited to get the second half of the NBA season going. And I think it's going to be fun. I think, you know, you got a lot of teams jockeying for a position. That means not a lot of players. I hope not just taking random games off. I think we heard LeBron say he's going to try to play the majority of the second half of the season. So we'll see how that goes. They need him. Yeah. Hope so too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let us know you guys, if, if you're watching this on YouTube or just give us a shout on social media, who are you guys most interested in watching? Do you agree with some of our picks? Do you think some of our picks are boring and off base? Let us know. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you made it this far, thank you for sticking around with us. Thank you as always for your support. Again, look for Hoopsology anywhere you're doing social media. Look for us on YouTube. Hoopsologypod at gmail.com is the email if you want to give us any other feedback. I am Matt Thomas. He's Justin Goodrum. Thanks again. We'll see you guys very soon. Peace. See ya.